0: Thank you for tuning in with us today on the Tuba City Assembly of God podcast. Hope this inspires you. Hope it builds your faith. Hope it helps you see God in your life. Enjoy the message. Remember, every single week there's a new message from Tuba City Assembly of God. Also, if you want to reach out to us, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook and our Instagram. Have a good day. I want to talk to you about three things that it says to do. First of all, put off. Everybody say, or I'm sorry, when it says put to death, everybody say put to death. They one says to put off, and then the last one says to put on, and so we're going to talk about those three things this morning. If you're with me, Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, I'm going to, I'm reading from the uh, a different translation I normally read from, I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning, and the scripture says, if then you have raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated where christ is seated at the right hand of god so he's talking to those who have given their lives to jesus he's saying if you have been raised with christ so how many of us are christians in this room you're you're christ follower you have given your heart to god you say i believe in god i love god raise your hand real quick okay so this word is to you and i and he's just simply giving us some real simple stuff and we're going to go through this really quickly so stay with me He says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Here there is not Greek nor Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, And spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart, or within your hearts to God, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's a lot of stuff, right? So we're gonna try to we're gonna try to um, our best just to we, we can't comb it all in one section, but we're gonna do our best to just hit on some points. Well, Father, this morning. I just want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a pastor, Lord. I didn't choose it. You chose me and to do this, and I feel really humbled, Lord. And I ask you, God, that you would help me today. I am absolutely dependent on you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would use this human being today. And, Lord God, I pray that through it all, at the end of it, Lord, you will be glorified. And your name, Jesus, will be lifted up. And, Lord, people will be drawn to you, Lord God. And so today, Father, I pray, Lord, you'll give us now our ears, which would just be so in tune to what your spirit is saying. Our hearts are ready to receive. And, Lord, we just want to thank you for what you're going to tell us this morning. We're all ears, Jesus. We want to hear what you have to say now today. And everybody in the house said "Amen." Amen. 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 Well, you know, it's interesting, um, have you ever heard the, fraying, the, the phrase or the saying, act your age, not your shoe size? <laughs> How many of you ever heard that before? How many of you ever said that to somebody before? Don't raise your hand, just wiggle your eyes. I don't want to incriminate you, but, but you know what they're saying. In other words, they're saying, come on now, you, you know, behave, do better. And, and so when these words are coming to the people in Colossae, and this little church is not that far from the church in Laodicea. They're actually neighboring churches. This one was another church that Paul had been a part of starting. And as they came out of this background of what they were and from their families of origin, they had a lot of baggage they brought with them as they became new believers. And just like you and me, uh, when we came to the Lord, we weren't perfectly clean. We, weren't, we had stuff. Uh, we had things we learned and, and ways that we behaved that um, weren't, certainly weren't Christ-like. Some of us might have been a little moral than others, uh, but we all came to Jesus through, uh, through his, his, his sacrificial death and we gave our lives to the Lord and then we began to walk with him. And we started to walk this Christian life out and and uh sometimes we were doing good and there were times may we begin to falter sometimes we'd have doubts and fears and anxieties and sometimes we may fall back into old patterns and ways of doing things and 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 god would help us to remember hey that's not who you are anymore uh i want you to live live now as my son would want you to live and so we begin to walk this thing out every day with god's grace god's help through His Word, and we just walk and we follow the Lord, and it's just about following God. And so, as He talks to them, um, there's this there's this growing growing thing, or this it's obvious that there's some areas where this church needed to grow. Um, I've been a Christian not for a lo- for a long, long, long time. Some of you've been Christians longer than I have. I, I gave my heart to the Lord in uh, May fourth, nineteen eighty four. But just because I gave my heart to the Lord back then doesn't necessarily ensure that. Oh, this guy is going to be super mature in the Lord uh, because that has to do with how we, how we obey God and what we allow God to do in us. So just like in the natural, somebody could be uh, 65 years old and still having temper tantrums. Um, you could have uh, adults do that and, and we do it differently than children, right? But we still do it. And, and sometimes we can have all these behaviors that we still... Are our part of our life that ruling part of our life that governs us Uh, it's interesting there's a word that's used in this in the Greek it's actually interesting it can be translated employee uh, that you are employed to sin I was like wow I mean I've had some jobs before I understand what it means to be an employee in other words you're working for that and so some so so some of us there are areas of sin in our life that we're still kind of working for there are things in our lives that we that we're admonished to the scripture to put away to put off and put to death, and so the first thing he says, in our as he talks to his believers, his people, is, he says, "I want you to first of all put this stuff to death." Now, the now the Greek word simply means just to starve it out, just to you know, just stop feeding this thing, and let it slowly weaken and die in your life. Don't pay a lot of attention to it. Don't give in to it. You know, you don't have to always answer the door when it comes knocking. And so he tells you that the, these are the things he wants us to be. Aware of. And the first thing he starts out with, he says in in Colossians chapter 3, he tells us in verse 5, put to death or starve it out. Everybody say, starve it out. out. He says, therefore, what is earthly in you. Now he names it off for us. And he says, sexual immorality. Now that is huge in our culture today, especially even, even for believers because we find a lot in a lot of cases that the behavior of God's people isn't much different than those that don't know Jesus. And so he would say to you and I this morning, this is an area of our life we need to starve out. And so the first one is sexual immorality. Now, the, now the Greek word is the word porn, pornea, which is where we get the word pornography. And it simply means... all sex outside of marriage. So as a Christian, as someone who follows Jesus, we are to starve that part out of our life. So don't give attention to it. You know, and, and what you need to do is to weaken that thing in your life is you stop paying attention to this. So this behavior in our life begins to slowly ebb away. Do you know that if you pay attention to Jesus every day, you'll find yourself sinning less and less if you pay attention to Jesus, right? But if you're paying attention to yourself, if you're, if you're looking in the mirror all the time at yourself, if you're always looking inward, do you realize there's not a lot of hope inside of this guy outside of Jesus? But my hope is in the Lord, so we focus our attention on Jesus every day, right? So if, you have, so if someone may have a problem in this area of sexual immorality, You need to recognize the way that you're going to deal with that, the way you overcome that is by stop paying attention. So when she starts calling you at 3 in the morning, don't answer. When he comes around and gives you that text, block it. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you find your fingers wanting to look on your phone or your computer, just stop. Remember, just put this in your mind, pastor's watching you, not me, but you know. But how many of you guys know, because we behave differently when we have certain people around us. I mean, you, how many of you guys, you, 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 many, oh, I, I want to ask, oh, just, well, I'm going to ask you, but don't answer. How many of you guys drive really fast, but when you see a pre- policeman, you start slowing down really quickly? <laughs> now, the reason you slow down is because you know you're breaking the law. And when the law showed up, your behavior changed. So here's the deal you guys know that we are always surrounded by the presence of God. There's no place you can go. Psalm 139, he says, if I make my bed in heaven, there you are. If I make my bed in Sheol, there you are. There's no place I can go to escape you, God. You're always around with me every single day of my life. Even when it's dark in the room, it's still light to God. He sees perfectly in the darkness, just like he does in the light. So we're always with God. God is always with you. Here's another one for you. You are the temple, the Holy ghost as a believer, so God lives in you as well. And so not only is God around you, but God is in you. And so we need to recognize God in us that God's with us all the time. You know, that ought to be a deterrent every day to stuff like that, right? I mean, I just, just, just in my mind is that, and when I focus on Jesus and those little things start trying to come around, it's easy to say I don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, If you're married just recognize okay my wife is around me God's with me let there be some things in front of you and so you starve it out just starve it don't give it any more in your life now sometimes that can be a habit and I and I and I've I've looked up some of the details on that and and for all of you women who don't understand that pornography is like it's almost addictive as crack and math and so somebody who's if you've been in the clutches of that thing you might need some help you might need some other things to help you to get to get straight in this area do you know there's some really good software you can call it's called covenant eyes if you need some help like that I, there was a young man and one of the churches i pastored and and he just had a problem and his wife caught him a couple of times she was about ready to leave the guy and she was like i'm done with this you need to change what you're doing because she felt like you know you got me, I'm a living person. Why are you looking at this stuff? I mean, this stuff is like a fantasy. I'm right here. Hello? <laughs> you know, and so she said, This ain't right. And so he, they had these real tough argu- conversations with each other. So he came to, to a handful of us guys and he found an answer. He's he actually beginning to look. Because he said, I realize I got a problem in this area and I need, I need to change this. And so he got this stuff covered in eyes. He put it on his phone, put it on his laptop put it on every electronic device he had, and then he put us as, as people on there. So my email address, my telephone number is all on there, and two other pastors were there. And what that does, that software does, is every single time you type anything in, anything, anything with, with sex, anything in there at all that's not good, it immediately sets an email to every single guy you have on there. And so all of a sudden, you got some accountability. Because some of us, the reason why we're not getting victory, we have no accountability. You say, well, it's just me and God. Yeah, you know, but you need, some, you need some sideways accountability too. Right? Because sometimes that's the only way we're going to get some freedom in these areas is I make myself accountable to somebody to help me in this area. And I realize that word can be scary to some of us. We're like, as soon as you heard it, I could just feel it. Like, But trust me, accountability is freeing. See, reality, in reality, we are all ap- accountable every day to God. We're always accountable every day. And, and, and for those of you who are in high school, you're accountable to your mom and dad. There's freedom in that when you make yourself accountable. When you tell your mom, hey, mom, I'm going to be over at McDonald's. I'm going to come home at, 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 at 10 o'clock. It's, it's Can I be there. Yes, you can. And, and yes, absolutely. But if you're just kind of just playing it by ear and you just show up whenever, you come home whenever, and mom's like, where were you at? Ah, you know, Whatever then there's, there, you can be in a lot of trouble and, a lot, and, and you can be blamed for things. So there's freedom in accountability. I found that's to be true. And so, and so part of that making ourselves accountable to God is also finding some people that are, there's some godly people we trust. Say, I'm going to make myself accountable to you in this area. So he goes on to say, we put to death, starve it. Everybody say, starve it. Starve it. Okay. So we starve out sexual immorality. The word impurity is another word and it's an interesting word and the word impurity means lust everybody say lust now romans chapter 1 verse 24 just talk it uses the same word about impurity and it talks about god's judgment on the fallen world where he he gave them over to the impurities and the lust of their hearts and so what whatever restraining there was of god on humanity he lifted that and he allowed people to go the way they wanted to go and so Lust is a ba- as can be a really controlling thing in our lives. I had a struggle in that area as a young man. And, and, and that was something that God had to help me with because I, opened my, I, I had opened my life up to, some, to pornography without realizing it as a little kid. And it had a hook in me until eventually I dealt with it let me tell you something there's freedom when you turn to God and you begin to say God I need some help in this area of my life amen and so God can do that so lust is another one he goes on to say passion I don't know what comes to your mind when I think of passion I think of too lonely souls in a lonely car and a lonely night listening to lonely music <laughs> passion if, you, if this is something that governs you and is this part of your life, don't be that person in the dark Amen. with other people. Are you with me? Now, if you're married particularly, don't be in the car with another man who's not your husband at night when there's dark out without another person in there with you. This is good preaching. I, it just feels like I'm by myself, but I know it's good. <laughs> this is right. Seriously. You want, to guard your, you want to guard your marriage, make sure you're in that car with somebody else with you. you got to bring your little brother, bring your little brother. Make him sit in between you. Bring your, ne- bring your neighbor. Grab somebody off the street. Hey, get over here get in the car with me. You know, but, but guard yourself. Don't, don't let that happen. Because the enemy would love to destroy your testimony by getting you in some situations because of passion and stuff in your life that will, that will take away from your walk with God and people won't listen to you anymore. So guard yourself, guard yourself. Starve that stuff out. Everybody say, starve it out. Now there's nothing wrong with passion in marriage, but if you're, if you're still dating, hey man, wait till after there's a ring on the finger. Remember that song by Beyonce, put a ring on it or whatever it was? <laughs> don't, don't get there until there's a ring on it. Don't let yourself go there. Are you with me so far? Somebody say amen. I mean, this is what you got to do. If that guy gets all handsy to you, I got an answer for you real quick. Are you ready? Do that. No. Now, if she gets all handsy, don't just say, stop, stop. (laughs) Say no. Everybody say no. All right. So you got to starve that stuff out. If every time she's got to be handsy with you, she's get, if she's trying to be handsy in church, if you're around her, say, hey, what the heck? Yadalah. <laughs> don't do that. So we got to guard, guard yourself. Guard your heart. Starve that stuff out. This is, the, this is the behavior of people who don't know Jesus. And God's now, we're in the Lord, we're in Christ, and so we want to guard ourselves and walk in a way, in a manner that pleases the Lord. Because at the end of the day, I want his smile on my life. I want him to be pleased with me every day, right? And so I'm going to walk in obedience to the Lord, so I'm going to starve this stuff out. I want to make sure. If you, gotta, if you have a problem, get, get, some of you need to get rid of Go do some inventory. Go through your house. Get rid of those old CDs that are rated R that got all that stuff on it. Don't hold on to them. Throw it away. And don't sell it to somebody in our church. <laughs> don't just pass it off. Just get rid of it. How many you guys know what we am talking about? Some of that stuff is just like that. It gets you there. And so you've got to get rid of some of that stuff. I'm not trying to be clothesline. I'm trying to help you just to think a little bit. If this is a weak area, I mean, if you've got a weakness to smoking, don't walk around with a pack of cigarettes in your pocket all the time because light one up pretty soon, right? I mean, did I tell you about my friend? His name was Jeff. He was from, he was from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He wasn't raised in a Christian home, and he would eventually go to AIC when I was there. And Jeff went to a a Pentecostal Assembly God church for a funeral one day. Family member was there. He went and he sat way in the back. And Jeff was one of those guys, man, he was just, you know, drinker, smoker, all that kind of partier. And he sat way in the back because, you know, he he didn't want to, you know, be up in front. And so he's sitting in the back of the church and the pastor starts preaching. And he's preaching. I don't know what he preached about, but Jeff said, the more that guy preached, it just felt like he was just looking into my soul. I began to get nervous. And he said, the more I got nervous, I just started shaking, I started sweating. Have you ever been in church like that? <laughs> like, it feels like, it's like he's closing in on me, that pastor. How does he know? And then let me just, let me just tell you, it's not the pastor, God knows. And so he's way in the back, and he's starting to get more and more nervous, and finally he doesn't know what to do, so he pulls out a cigarette and lights it up, starts smoking in the back of church just to calm himself down, and the usher went over, I'm sorry, you can't do that in here. Oh, I didn't know. And he was going to throw, no, no, you don't put it out on the ground either. Just go outside, it's okay? He said, I got so nervous I had to light up a cigarette in church. I don't want you to do that in here, so just so you know. So, but these are things again. We we starve these things out in our life. We want to make sure. So, if I got if these are weak areas of my life, I want to do everything I can to get rid of that. If you got old music that you love, and I I'm, I'm not saying that you gotta listen to what I listen to, but you know what, music is such a such a powerful medium, because their memories are attached to music, right? You hear a song, and the song takes you back to when you were just a kid, right? Now, some of you grew up in church, so praise the Lord, you have a lot more christian stuff in you but i didn't grow up in church so i grew up and you know i was like my my dad took me to concerts so the first concert my dad took me to is bachman turner overdrive anybody know who those guys are the taking care of business right rolling down the highway i saw so I, I grew up with that stuff that's that was like what i listened to my dad took me to fleetwood mac i went to fleetwood mac with my dad and so i was just sitting there and and hearing this stuff, and, and that was what I was introduced. And Music was a big part of my home. We heard it all the time. We all listened to it. We all loved it. Well, in some of, the, some of those songs, they, they immediately, I, I hear a song, and I remember Dad. And I think, of, I think of Dad. But there are other songs I hear, and it reminds you of your old boyfriend, <laughs> right? Your old girlfriend. And you hear that song. You know that song, should I tell you? You know the one, and you hear it on the radio, and you see your secret, and your wife's listening, and your wife's, why are you turn that up all the time? Oh, I don't know. I just like this one. <laughs> and you're driving down the road, you're thinking about your own squeeze. You shame on you. <laughs> you're thinking about her, and you're remembering her. And when you start listening to that music, you can almost remember, and the smells come back to you too, don't they? It's almost like you can smell it. It's like, it's like you were right there again. I want to tell you something. If you got stuff like that, you might want to get rid of that if you're married. If there's some songs like that, just stop listening to them. You might as well get rid of all your CCR music because it keeps taking you back to the, all those sundowner stuff and all those whatever they have, and you're out there, oh, I remember back in the day. Woo! It gave Get rid of that stuff. And then you start talking to your kids. Yeah, I used man, I was used to be a big party guy. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, man, I was the, I was the big it. No, that, yeah, you were the big it. That you died. Hello, you're a new person in Christ. Quit bringing up that old dead man. Leave him in the ground. Bury him. Let him stay there. Somebody say amen. amen. So you got to remember that. So, you know, if, the, if you have a problem in that area, now if you, if you don't in some of that music, that's just dad, mom, and stuff like that. Well, that's between you and the Lord. But if this is a weak area in your life, Get rid of it. If it reminds you when you were, you know, when you used to be before your BC days, Jesus days, and I remember when I was partying to this, I remember when I was doing that. You got to help yourself. Everybody say, help yourself. (laughs) Look at the person next to you and say, help yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) So you got to help yourself in this area, you got to put it to death. Well, let's keep moving on. This is fun. This is fun, but we got to keep going. He says we have to starve these things out. Another one he, gets, he says in verse 8 he said, These are things you have to put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Now, we all know what anger is, right? Anger is an emotion. It's an emotion that even God has. But anger can be wrong if it takes us in the wrong direction. The Bible says in Ephesians, be angry but sin not. I think most of us, we're not there yet, to be honest. And sometimes we want to justify our anger by saying it's righteous anger while you're beating people up you know it's not good anger A- anger is an is, is is an emotion that is really meant to respond to injustice so when in things are unjust we get angry about them but sometimes our way of looking at things is skewed so we would get angry when i was pastoring in phoenix i remember there was a young kid got killed in Phoenix because the other, ki- the other kid shot him because he had new shoes. Killed him. Now that's not a good anger. And, and more often than not, anger is really destructive among us. So we guard our heart. We put that away. Now where do I go with it? Well, you take it to the Lord when you're upset you take it to Jesus you pray about it say God you know this is how I feel I'm, I'm angry about this now more often than not not the Lord's not gonna get on your on your bandway and say yeah I know what you're talking about I'm angry about the no usually not most more of the time most of the time whenever I've been in that place the Lord will calm me down and he'll point me in the right direction he'll show me where the anger in my heart is not justified or maybe he'll show me the side of it that I'm kind of forgetting about my side of it oh yeah Lord oh yeah and then we all of a sudden we're disarmed from that anger we take it to God so when you have anger take that to the Lord talk to God about it and the Lord will give you the wisdom and the understanding that you need so we do that to God. We take it to God. The other thing he goes on to say, we're also not only put that away, but wrath, malice, slander. You know, recently I've been, I don't know, and I, I don't know how you guys feel about him. I have my own feelings. I kind of like him, but I like our president, I kind of do. Some people just can't stand him, and I understand, I guess, I'm not picking on you, but we're supposed to pray for him. Are you praying for him? Or are you praying mad for him? God, just change that guy or get him out, eh? <laughs> You know, have you ever noticed when you pray mad for people, God doesn't answer those prayers? Amen. Not until you get out of the way, let him do what he wants to do. But one of the things that really bothers me is he's been so slandered from the get-go that people just hate him. I, I still remember him. He was a home alone too. I liked him because he helped that little guy out. He was lost and he helped him. I mean, who couldn't like a who couldn't like a president who helped that little guy out? He was lost in New York. He helped him out. He pointed in the right direction. (laughs) You're not following with me. I'm joking. You're like, (laughs) I'm joking. I mean, I I watch Home Alone every Christmas. So, but uh, I, I don't know. You know, all I all I know, the guy before he became a president, he was on that Apprentice, and he was always firing people. You're fired. You're fired. I knew he made a lot of money. He was a rich dude. But you've got to be smart to make money too, right? I mean, you can't be a goofball and not make money. He made a lot of money in his life. He's got to be smart someplace. Um, I pray for him. Slander is when you say things about people. It's like throwing mud on them. About their, about their life, about who they are, because we don't like them. And that's the stuff we're not to do. So you put it away. Because it's really rooted in anger, right? We're mad, we're upset about them, so we say. How many? Have you ever been slandered? Anybody ever been slandered before? Raise your hand. Just a few of you? So the rest of you guys were the ones doing it? Hey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, you know, if you've ever had somebody saying bad stuff about you, it, it, it really, you know, all of a sudden people don't like you. You never even met him before. It's like, how do you not like me? You don't even know me yet. We put away slander. So we take that to the Lord. God, fix this tongue. Let there be good words that come out of my mouth truthful words, but good words. You know, sometimes just because something is, is the truth doesn't mean you have to say it all the time. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not trying to quote Thumper, you know, if you have nothing nice, and don't say, then don't say nothing at all, because that's not even biblical. Did you know that thumper's not a theologian? Some of you guys have been building your theology on a thumper. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And you sit around and you never say nothing. But sometimes for relationship's sake, you've got to be truthful to people. You have to be honest. You have to talk with them. You have to tell them what you see, where you're seeing it. But you've got to be open for what how they respond. You've got to let that come as well to fix it. So slander is something we put away. We're not going to do that. Nobody does that in Tuba City. We're not going to do that at Tuba City, right? We don't do that at Tuba City Assembly, do we? We don't slander people, amen? We don't do that. That's not who we are. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Why does it feel like you're acting all guilty, eh? (laughs) We don't do that. And if we've done that in the past, well, we know we're not going to do that anymore, right? Because we're living for the king, We're living for Jesus every day, every day. I want him to be pleased, so I'm living that way. I'm putting that away. That's not a part of what I do. Obscene talk. No more bad jokes. No more curse words. Right? Don't try to, like, justify it. Well, you know, I was with the boys. If you, if you talk one way with the boys and a different way when the girl's around, you've got a problem with your tongue. If you talk differently around your mother, then you need to change it. Or around your Nolly or your grandma or your, or your Che. If you change your language as soon as your Che walks in the room, then you need to change your language and keep it changed all the time. Right? So we, we say, Lord, get a, get a hold of my heart. Change this about me, about what I've been saying. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that away. I'm getting rid of that. You know what I used to tell people when I was in Bismarck? I used to tell them, you know what? When they would cuss a lot, I'd say, you know, there's a lot of other words you could use. feels like you're stuck on a few words. You need to get a dictionary and start reading a dictionary. It'd be amazing how much you could use, how many new words you could learn, and not curse words. I mean, there's ways to express anger besides those words that we hear so often. You could use those old words, golly, gosh, darn, you know. Or, oh, for oh for goodness sakes. You know, I, was, I had a friend whose wife was, uh, she since went to be with the Lord, and she was from Minnesota. I used to like it when she'd say, when she was upset with stuff, she'd say, oh, for don't you know. <laughs> I like how those people from Minnesota talk. Oh, for goodness, oh, for Pete's sake. I used to like that, I was like, who's Pete? <laughs> But you know, say stuff like that. I liked it, man. It just sounded okay. You know, nobody could get offended by that stuff. Everybody turned the person next to you and say, "Oh, for Pete's sake, tell pastor to get done with this sermon right now." <laughs> but we put those things off. We change that. You know, the more words you put, in, the more Bible you put in your mind, the less those words will flood out. Did you know that? The more the Word of God you read and you put it in your mind, those other those curse words, those, un, those, those dirty words are going to get out of your mouth. I'm serious. I want to give you a challenge, okay? I'm going to challenge you. If you've had kind of a, a trouble in that area, I'm going to challenge you for the next 30 days, read five chapters of the Bible every day. Just let it happen. Just read it. Pretty soon, you're going to start, instead of a curse word coming out, you're going to start quoting verses of God. You'll bang your finger. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. You're like, like, what the heck? (laughs) I can't believe you changed. What's happened to you? And you'll have the word start coming out of you. Everybody say, I need some more of that in my life. Amen? You do. So put the word of God in your heart. Put it in your heart. Just start reading it all the time. You can, if you, but just again, if you write, if you read, put a lot of King James version, people aren't going to understand you. So you want to put some other versions in there. So read the Word of God. Put it in your heart. We're almost done. Somebody say, "Praise the Lord." Okay, okay. So we're almost done. Now he says we're to put these things away, but he says to put this on. And so. In verse 12, the answer isn't just taking these off or putting them away or starving them out. The answer now is to put this on. as God's chosen ones. So I brought my suit jacket out. What we're supposed to put on as God's people, compassionate hearts, a compassionate heart. In other words, we need, and we begin to read these things, we're putting on behavior that reflects God's character. So that's what we begin to do. So I begin to clothe myself, in other words, another translation says, tender hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, making allowance for one another's faults, forgiving anyone who offends you. Did you read those things? This isn't interesting. Tender-hearted mercy. These are all virtues that belong to Jesus. And if you notice, the common thread that holds all this fabric together is God's love. That love is the most common virtue of all of God's people. That we're to be known that we love like our God loves. And so that is what holds these things together. In ancient culture, going to the temple had little influence on their daily activities. But not like Jesus. And we're not those kind of people. We just don't go to church just because to get it out of the way so people feel like those must be spiritual people. We come to this house to meet with the Lord. We come to worship Him and to learn from God, and that's why we're here, and I know that's why you're here this morning. And and so as we come, we're not like those ancients who would just go as a pretense, as a way of showing up so people can count it and say, well, they're righteous people. No, we're not doing that. We seek the Lord, so we come here to meet with the living God, and I want to know what God has to say. And so He's talking to us today, and He said, I want you to put these things on as my child. It's like, you know, my, my, my grandson Asher and my arrow, when they walk in the room, their mother dresses them every day. How many of you guys remember when you are a little kid and your mom and dad would dress you? Anybody? How many of you guys have a wife who dresses you still? Don't raise your hand, just. <laughs> if you do, you need to man up and start being a man. <laughs> Don't let her dress you no more. You need to put away all those animals and stuff like that. Remember those, those Sears and Roebuck stuff? Those, those pants called tough skins? Remember those? I remember those. My mom would put my shoes on me, my socks, put my little pants on and my shirt on. And then I'd go outside. And so the Lord is saying, I want you to put these on now before you go outside. And so put on tender-hearted mercy. That's cool, right? Being merciful to people. Tender-hearted having not that's not that's not that's the opposite of a hard heart have a tender heart toward people around you merciful tender-hearted mercy compassion forgiveness you know it's interesting patience he says that patience you know God forgives us because of Jesus death on the cross and he forgives us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, 32 for Jesus' sake, not necessarily for ours. It's for Jesus' sake. Jesus died on the cross, he experienced the death that you and I deserved. And God's forgiveness is complete and final, it's not conditional for you or me, it's not partial. So when we give our light, when we give our sin to God, we say, "God, forgive me." It's absolutely forgiven. He, he, it's not say, "Well, I'll, you got to pay for this a little bit." I'm going to hold you at arm's length until I decide that you that you've paid for it now. I learned that as a growing up a Roman Catholic, we had this idea of penance, and we used to have to do penance all the time, and I had to pray five or ten or twenty Hail Marys and a couple Glory Bees and a a couple Our Fathers, and then, then I had to go out, and I think then I was forgiven, but I never really felt forgiven the whole time. And I want to tell you something, that God doesn't keep you at arm's length, any one of you, the minute that you confess your sin, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? And again, it's because of Jesus, so when the Lord looks and we ask him, because of something you did, he remembers, yes, my son died on the cross for you. Absolutely, I forgive you today. It's forgiven now. It's done away with now. The Lord doesn't bring it back over and over and over again and make you rehearse it over and over. The minute you understand it was wrong and you turn to him and you say, Father, forgets done right then. How many of you guys are thankful that God's forgiveness is complete in the Lord? Hallelujah. You see, some of us, we grew up in a home where you had to earn it. You had to earn mom and dad's love. You had to earn your relative's love. And it was all performance-based. But understand with God, it's not about performance. It's about recognizing what his son did on the cross for you and understanding your need for him. That's the good news of the gospel, that God sent his son to die for sinners such as we are. But thank God that he did it that Jesus did. And because of what he did, you and I can be forgiven, Completely, Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Restored in a right relationship with the Father. And so because I've received it, I freely give it. You see, if you've never received it, you can't give it away. You can't give away what you've never received. And so I give it away, and you and I, we do. And so when people sin against us and they do us wrong... And they fail us, we give them forgiveness. And a heart is willing to give it before they even ask, just like Jesus on the cross. Over 2,000 years ago, he said it from the cross. One of his last words he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, forgiveness would be appropriated through our turning to God and understand that the Lord is ready. He's ready and willing to forgive you if you'll come to him and just simply acknowledge say, God, I need you today in my life. He's so willing to do that. How many of you guys are thankful for God? And when he gives you that, he, he changes your heart. He changes the character of your heart and you're able to set other people free. How many, how many of you guys enjoy the freedom God's given you? Well, why don't you set some other people free in your life too? Amen. Set them free. They've. Oh yeah. They owe you. They did you wrong. Absolutely. They said some things and did some things. But it's high time that you set them free because God sets you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. I thank God that His freedom is absolute and complete. I thank the Lord. I don't serve God with a guilty conscience every day. I serve Him knowing that He's in my life and He. Shines his light into my life and helps me every single day. I'm not afraid of missing the rapture, church. I'm looking forward to Jesus coming in the air. Amen. I'm not worried I'm going to slip off this thing and somehow miss it. God has his hand upon my life, and he was able to keep that which I've committed unto him until that day. Somebody say, Amen. God's got to hold of you. Some of you guys were kind of wandering sheep. You got all kinds of cockle burrs and all these bullheads in your, in, your, in your wool, and the Lord hasn't let you go. He hasn't let go, he hasn't let go. he hasn't let go of you. And you wander in this room because somehow you begin to feel, I need to get back to church. I need to get back to my father's house. And you know. And when you walk in, there's a familiarity to it. And you feel like, I know I need to be here. Just like the prodigal. You know, he was looking forward to his father somehow being pretty pretty rough with him. He was rough on himself. But his father surprised him by running down the road to meet him a long ways away. And that is the picture of God. You take one step, he's going to take a lot of others to get to you. He saw you coming a long ways. You were in in Westerners and you were sitting there looking at the at the hammers and stuff and you're thinking I need to change my life and he starts making his way to you you might have been in a jail cell or on a drunk on a Saturday night and said I'm tired of this life I need some help God and he began to make his way to you he put it in your heart to come here See, nobody, no sinner wants to go to church. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. When you're, when, you're, when you're right in the thick of it, you're not looking forward to getting up on a Sunday to go to church. You're not saying, I can't wait to walk into church. No, you stay away from this. And when you meet people like us, you stay away from us. Why do you think when you go into bashes, some people see you and they, like, turn their carts and start going? You didn't even say nothing. It's because you represent a king and, and you have a light in you. Amen you don't have to say nothing but one day after a while they start to get used to the light and they realize that they need God and they start coming and so God from who is far he reached down and came to you and me I'm uh, Sean make your way up here I'm gonna close with this thought here hallelujah we are chosen we are set apart loved and forgiven by God the pagan world did not understand the value of humility in in Paul's time they admired pride they admired domination and strength not unlike our world today we don't seek humility most of the movies we see are based on revenge and a man standing up and being a man And was something about our old nature we like that guy goes out and I'll make justice myself I'm, I, I love those old westerns I do I watch those things and there's just something about them I just Something in my old fallen resonate, in my old fallen nature, that old Joel just resonates like, yeah, that's me. I'm a, You didn't do that. I'm going to pull out my gun and I'm going to shoot you. I used to like those Clint Eastwoods. One of my favorite movies was J- J- Outlaw, Josie Wales. Remember that one? I remember when he got that, She was out shopping. He had those bags and they were looking for Josie. And Josie had been fighting for the Confederates and all these blue coats, they used to come red legs, and they had them, they were standing out there, and they began to recognize who he is, and he sits there, and he's got a big old chew in his mouth. Just a man. <laughs> were you guys going to sh- draw iron or whistle Dixie? <laughs> and he quickly drops the stuff and shoots them all, and, and they all lay in the ground dead, and I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. Right? We all like that, something about us. But when I look at the Lord, there's no greater strength than in him. You think of how they tortured him and beat him. And he had all the power in the universe. All he had to do is say, Father, get him every single one of them. When Pilate is acting all proud in front of him and positionally he was in charge of that area of Galilee, he had been appointed there as a judge, someone to adjudicate matters for the people. And Once a year they had a a custom where they would release a prisoner on Passover. And Jesus stands before Pilate, he's been scourged. They beat him. Now just, just beat him. They whipped his back pretty bad. And he stands before, the, before Pilate, his face bruised, because the scripture says they blindfolded him and they punched him and they pulled out his beard and they said, prophesy now and tell us who did it. They spit on him. Then they put a, a, a purple robe over his shoulders and they took a crown of thorns and shoved it on his head. And Jesus stands before, before Pilate, a bloody, broken man on the outside, but not on the inside. The outside was broken, but the inside was strong and in control. And Pilate looks at him and he said, Do you know that who you're talking to? I have authority, and I could set you free, or I could have you crucified today. And Jesus' response was so awesome. He said, you wouldn't have that authority unless it was given to you from above. That's the honest truth. That all authority, all power, is only delegated authority. It's borrowed authority. It doesn't belong to you because one day you're gonna die and you'll be six feet under the ground, and that authority will be given to another. It doesn't belong to you or me. It's been delegated. It's been given away. My position isn't forever. One day this old Joel's gonna get so old, and I won't be able to hear very well, and and they'll finally have to retire me off and send me to a pasture. They'll send me somewhere to pastor a church where they nobody can hear. Here either. I don't know. And they'll send me away, or I won't be able to do this. And the authority that I had as this pastor will stay here and it will go to another man, whoever follows me. Because it's not mine. And Jesus says to him what he said. And he said, Are you a king? It is so. Where's your people at? My kingdom is not of this earth. I could tell my father even now to send armies and they would come. It freaked Pilate out. Washed his hands, walked away. He couldn't understand that kind of man. And that's my God and that's your God even in the most difficult situation he was so in control the problems didn't control him he was in control are you here see some of us the the things that happen around you control how you feel you're like a barometer up and down based on what's going on around you but with God in the center of your life you can be walking in absolute control self-control amen so when you go to the bank tomorrow and it says you know negative 20 you say hallelujah that's why I got that coin collection in my in my house <laughs> guess we have to cash a few of those in I'll, I'll butcher a sheep I'll butcher a cow God you own the cattle on a thousand hills you'll take care of this we're going to do this right father we're going to be okay amen we're gonna be all right so you put all that on and you walk and whatever you do you do it with him in mind so when you're making my taco Steve and you put that meat in there you just want to put a little bit extra in there cuz you're you're doing it for Jesus right (laughs) I'm not Jesus (laughs) but you know what I'm saying When you're making that fry bread, Effie, and you're making that fry bread, just make it a little bit more golden because it's for Jesus, people. Amen? Amen. And the Lord will be pleased by you and me. We're going to stand tall and high and represent him, the king. Amen. Would you all stand with me? I'm going to ask you a question this morning as we close. I went longer than I needed to. I apologize. How many in this room would say, Pastor, you know what? Man, I got what I needed to hear from Jesus. I got what I needed. Raise your hand. I got what I needed. I want to encourage you sometimes some of us I feel like when I pray for you in the mornings that the, the worst you're you're your worst enemy you're your worst critic stop doing that stop because you hurt yourself by saying that stuff just look at God's word trust in him I want you to bow your heads I want you to join hands with the person next to you if you don't know them introduce yourself to them if there's somebody in front of you and join hands with them and say, excuse me, I want to pray with you. Just let them know, hey, my name is Sue. My name's Fred. My name's Alfred. It's Leonard. And we're going to pray for that person. Would you join hands with them? I I want you to pray for them. Take, Take 30 seconds and pray for them. Would you do it right now? Pray for their need. Pray for their life. Do it real quick.